the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode number 108 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes365. And you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. Join our Facebook group if you haven't done so yet, Baseball365, where we have over 2,300 members in the group talking about baseball every single day of the year. And if you would like to support the show, the best way you can do so is to go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and writing us a nice review for us, too. It's a good way to help us out, get our name out there. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. On tonight's episode, it's part two of the starting pitcher breakdown. On the last episode, Andrew and I talked about pitchers 1 through 25 and according to their NFBC ADP. And if you've not heard that yet, just go look in our archives and you can download that episode there. But on this episode, Andrew and I talk about starting pitchers ranked between 26 through 55. And I guess we could go on and get into that now. Enjoy. All right, let's go on to the next three. We got Denelson Lamette, uh, Kyle Hendricks, and Jose Barrios going between picks 84 and 93. These are starting pitchers 26 through 28. Denelson Lamette, Andrew, we have both shared a lot of caution when it comes to his ADP. I know neither of us are taking him here. He seems to be falling in drafts as the offseason's gone along. And the Padres, have, as the Padres have continued signing other pitchers, um, you know, he finished the year unable to pitch in the playoffs, basically. And in a recent interview in the last week or so, he talked about how doctors told him recently that he was basically another pitch or two, probably from having to have Tommy John surgery. Is that a good or a bad thing? Man, I tell you, I, I want nothing to do with him nothing (laughs) i i don't care like i know that he's really good and there's a point where you know his upside it's you know quote unquote worth it but i guess i'm just that confident that he's not healthy i don't know i just i i think about taking him so this is 84 i mean it's definitely going down it's trending down but um I, I think about like for the last month or since uh, February first, his ADP is one hundred three and thirty nine uh, draft champions league. So that's the end of round seven. To me, it's still no. Like I, not even. I'm just not thinking about it. There, I, I feel like there's other good. You know, like right behind him, Zach Granke, Dylan Bundy, Chris Paddock, Joe Musgrove, Charlie Morton, Julio Urias. Lance McCullers, Kevin Gosman. I mean, there's still really, really, really good pitchers there, you know? And um, I'm all about taking shots, taking risks, upside. I love all that. But to me, with him, the risk is just too high. It's just not worth it. It's It just isn't worth it to me. That's just my opinion. It's... And I feel strongly enough about it, like especially with all the guys the Padres have gotten, it just kind of all adds up. I mean, I wouldn't be 
I won't be surprised one bit if he doesn't throw a pitch this year. Like not one bit. Yeah, he's out there. And go ahead. No, that's just. I mean, it's it's so much risk. I th- like even at pick one twenty, one thirty. I mean, just go down. You know, there's there's good pitchers here, and um, yeah, I just I don't want anything to do with him. I want to try playing moving down this list even further and see if I can find a spot where you would bite and take a chance. Uh, Frankie Montas down at one fifty seven. Montas agreed. Tyler Maley at one seventy five. Uh, I think it's starting to get there. I mean, okay. it would it it depends a lot. It would depend on what I've taken at starting pitcher. You know, like if I had, um, if I had a lot of guys that I felt really good about. And it would depend a little on the format, too. Because, like, in a draft and hold, I think I'm less interested than in a league where I could drop him and pick up someone else, you know? Um, I just don't want the dead roster spot, especially in a guy I'm drafting in round six or whatever. Well, I'm not drafting him there, but you get what I'm saying, where he's going. Um, It would depend some on the pitchers that I've taken before that. But yeah, I guess down, you know, once you get kind of in that group after Montas, I can get behind it a little bit more, but man, he's not getting there. Like he's just not getting there. So yeah, I'm just, like I said, if he's healthy and pitching and, you know, out there for an extended period of time this year. I'm sure he's going to be good. I mean, he has a lot of talent. I mean, I like him as a pitcher, but um, it's one of those things. It's like I'm willing to say kudos to you, sir. I I was wrong on that one. And I'm just – I want to – it's one that I just want to watch from the sideline. I just don't really – I don't want in on it. I'm with you on this. And, you know – for, he's got electric stuff. I mean, he misses bats so well. He was so awesome last year, and I know you. Yep. But he also has never thrown a, over 153 innings in a pro season also. And he's already had one Tommy John surgery. I just wonder if he just puts too much wear and tear on that arm with the way he throws the ball. And I, I question whether he's ever going to have that 175-inning season personally. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a violent delivery, and it, just not for me in this spot. It's not enough discount. So let's go into another guy who you've been in on the last couple of years, I should say a guy, and that's Kyle Hendricks. Um, mostly because of his price, he, his ADP last year was at 160. This year, that's cut in half at 85. Are you still on him at this new price? No, you know, I think this is the first year uh, ever that I haven't been drafting Hendricks. I, I won't have any, any redraft shares of him at this cost. Um, I, and it's probably just me being jaded because I've always been able to get him in round 11 and 12. And it's like now all of a sudden he's going in round six and I'm just not used to it. So it's kind of thrown me for a for a loop. And, you know, obviously he's never been a big strikeout guy. Um 
seven and a half Ks per nine for his career. And he's hovered right around that the last four seasons. Um, but really good for ERA, really good for whip, uh, great control. He kind of just carves you up out there, you know. But, uh, yeah, pick 85. He's safe. Like, he's not going to – he's not going to, like, lose you your league or anything like that. It's not a guy that's volatile. You know, he'll be fine. And probably – it probably won't be a bad pick here. Like I said, it's probably the just the prices I've been able to get him at in the past that's kind of – messing with me on him this year but um i'm just not uh i'm just not drafting him at 85 you know where he actually i love i love, I love you kyle but i'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> it finally happened andrew has finally said kyle hendricks not this year but yeah you know where how it would kind of make sense to take him let's say you missed out on a lot of these aces you remember chris winder when we had our roto masters draft and hold draft he just missed out on the arms but let's say he decided to take a like be the one to take the first closer, and he took Kyle Hendricks or not Kyle Hendricks, Liam Hendricks, or he took a Roldis Chapman, one of these hundred strikeout guys, and he only has one pitcher so far, one starting pitcher. Let's just hypothetically say that, and then you turn around and take Hendricks, maybe the sixth, seventh round here. I it just you're you're getting safety. You're missing out on the strikeouts, but you're you're hoping that you're kind of gaining him back with that closer. I could see that as a possibility yeah. to take him if you're missing out and you don't want to end up get your next but your number two being from another tier further down. Yeah, I feel like if you have Hendricks, especially drafting him in this spot, you've just got to be aware that you're behind in K's. Yep. Um, and you have to make it up somehow. So whether that's with guys below this or, you know, if you have Garrett Cole or something, maybe you're fine. But um, there aren't too many times really ever, or at least in the last three to five years that I could think of, where a guy that is a 7.5K per nine guy is drafted in the top 90. Yeah, You know, it just doesn't happen, so. You know, I've not been a Barrios, big Barrios guy the last few years, but man, he's been pretty consistent with an ERA in the high threes, or maybe right at four, and around a strikeout an inning for four years in a row. What are your thoughts on him? You know, I I always liked him as a prospect, and then he gets to the majors, and he's pretty solid, and for whatever reason, I've just always been underwhelmed, never... I don't think I've owned him since he's been in the majors and uh, that probably won't change this year. Um, decent floor. He'll get volume. Um, innings pitch should be there and he, he's not, you know, he'll have some strikeouts. It won't be anything crazy electric, but um, he's probably fine. Just not a guy that uh, I think I'm drafting here. You know, he's going with the same ADP as the next guy, first guy off the next tier, Zach Wheeler. And I kind of feel like they're pretty close to the same guy. I just feel a little more confident with Berrios getting the innings. Is really the only difference between those two. And Yeah, see, I, I feel like there's another gear in Wheeler potentially more yeah. than I do Berrios. But um, maybe that's wrong, but just how I feel. Moving into that tier, we got Wheeler starting it off. We're going to list off, I'm going to list off seven pitchers here. Wheeler at 93 overall, a 29th pitcher off the board. 
Then we got Framber Valdez breakout for the Astros last year at 95. Ian Anderson at 98. Jesus Lazardo at 102. Dylan Bundy, the 33rd pitcher off the board at 107. Zach Greinke at 109. And Chris Paddock at number 10. I keep asking this question, but whenever I'm giving lumping guys in, I, I'm wanting to know which ones you want. Who do you want from that group? Honestly, this group, I don't want any of them. This is this is like the part of the draft where I'm just taking bats. I I don't really like any of these guys at their cost. Um, I guess if I had to pick one, probably Bundy or Granky. But like I think out of these seven guys, I have one share of Granky and zero of the rest. Just passing. I normally by now I've got two to three starters, and once I have that, I'm comfortable waiting. This is kind of like when I was staying in the dead zone for pitching. Yep. I feel like it's kind of right here. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Framber Valdez, great last year. Ian Anderson, great last year. Electric playoffs looked really good. Lazardo, you know, hot name, could be awesome. And, you know, it's just – it's one of those things that there's no discount on these guys. Like, there's just – I mean, I feel like you can get – like, I would rather try and find the next guy to vault to here than draft these guys where they're going. I just don't feel comfortable with it. Um, and I think that there are flyers later on that can pop up. Um, I just don't feel like there's a lot of profit potential in this group. I've done three draft and holds so far this offseason. The first two, I went pitcher-pitcher with Cole, and um, one of the leagues I went Luis Castillo. The other one I went Max Scherzer. And then the third one I went batter-batter, just the way the draft fell to me. I had two bats fell that I couldn't believe were still there, and I just took them both. And so my pit, top two pitchers are Kershaw, or Kershaw and um, Strasburg which is not the best feeling for innings. And in that draft, I ended up taking two arms from this tier. I took Wheeler and Bundy. And I got to say, I am I mean, I do not love either of those picks. I'm a little better with Wheeler than I am Bundy. Both of them make me want to plug my nose. But I felt like I needed to get innings, and that's why I took them. And I don't feel great about it, but that's the position I got put in. It goes back to why I'd rather make sure I get at least one, maybe two arms in those first two rounds because you might end up chasing innings whenever and trying to you know, chase arms at this point when you don't want to. It's kind of like we talked about with stolen bases just last week. Yeah, I, I feel like in this part of the draft, like rounds, I would say um, kind of starting where – you had or where Lamette like at eighty four, so you know round uh, round six. Kind of from that point, for several rounds, I would say rounds like six through ten, eleven, twelve. I just don't, I just don't like the pitchers in that range. Like I want to get the guys um, kind of up at the top, and then I'm, I'm comfortable waiting. You know, if I really like my pitchers that I get up high, I'm comfortable even waiting till like round 
I think in one draft, I took my SP4 in round 16, I want to say. Um, Because I feel like the margins are just kind of thin when you get into these lumps of pitchers. And I feel like when I got the bats sitting next to them, you know, like we don't have it here pulled up, but um, like I already feel like you can find a lot of warts on these pitchers, even in around pick 100 and I always feel like when I'm looking at the bats around pick 100 it's like guys like Anthony Rizzo and you know just guys that I trust and feel good about you know so or closer like I said or closer yeah yeah so um not that there's you know if you have a guy that you like in these groups it's fine like if any one of them specifically stands out to you it's kind of one of those things I would just probably take the one that fell you know if one of them falls away, i would jump on it potentially but um yeah just kind of how i feel about this entire range even going down past this of uh of starting pitchers i agree with you like i said from the like we said when we just started on starting pitching here once you get outside the top 25 you might be able to find a strikeout an inning good ratios guy or you might be able to find a 200, 200 in, 180 to 200 inning guy, maybe. But it's really hard to find both at this point. It's, yeah. It's really hard to find the guys that you can count on for both and for a pretty good ERA. It's just those guys don't grow, are, grow on trees, which is what pushes them up. Um, Paddock, Lazardo, Ian Anderson, all pitchers that should be on pretty strict innings counts this year. If you were in a spot where you pretty much needed an arm and needed one of those guys or a two hundred guy that probably feel a little more comfortable with innings with Bundy and Wheeler, I mean you mentioned liking Bundy, so you would you take Bundy basically over taking one of the higher upside but fewer inning guys? Probably, yeah, depending on the staff. I, I wouldn't take Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson's the one that I I wouldn't take out of the I would consider Lazardo. Um but even even here, it it feels a little expensive. So yeah, I would I I think Wheeler, Bundy, Granky are fine. Uh, Wheeler always goes a little bit higher than I want than I want to take him. But um, yeah, probably I'm I'm just I know I'm not taking Ian Anderson. I'd have him a lot lower than this. Grinky's probably my favorite of the group. I mentioned I took Bundy and Wheeler, and I think Grinky had already gone in that draft, or I would have taken him. He's just, I feel a little more safety with him than the other two. I mean, Bundy, two years ago, was, looked lost. And, I mean, I think the, I don't remember what deal he signed with the Angels last year, but I guarantee you it wasn't much. He he looked like he was pop, real close to being just out of the league before this last year. So good for him for having the nice rebound and got a pretty good, I think he got a, a, a right contract this last this last month with the Angels again. Yeah, there's um there was one draft where I took, I think the draft when I took Granky. Forget if it was my SP three or SP four, but I felt pretty good about it. I mean, obviously he's older and you got the decline risk and stuff, but it was kind of one of those where I think he even fell some from this spot, and I just uh, just felt comfortable with it, but. 
All right, let's get into the rest of the starting pitcher threes here. That basically pitchers 36 through 45. We got Julio Urias, uh, Lance McCullers, uh, Charlie Morton, Pablo Lopez, Joe Musgrove, Kevin Gosman, Sixto Sanchez, Sandy Alcantara, Patrick Corbin, and Frankie Montas. These guys have an ADP in between 116 and 157. Uh, could you, uh, you know, you mentioned not liking m- much about taking pitchers in this group. Could you pick a guy or two at least you feel okay about at, in this group? Yeah, this group, I, I like Morton um, a decent bit. And I like Musgrove a little bit, but Musgrove is going higher than this. Like that ADP is um, outdated. Yeah. Where's he going I actually, now? I actually was trying to pull it up. Just give me a minute. Okay. Uh, while you're doing that, I will, I'll mention I like Morton too. My other one I like in this group is Montas. I was, I think I talked a lot last off season as we were talking about pre pitchers about him having a breakout and he started off a little rocky in his first couple starts and he was, looked like he was really starting to get going. And then he had a back injury that he came out of a start with a back injury really early, and they had him go five days later instead of putting him on the injured list, and he got absolutely beaten up, and I think he was beaten up for the next couple starts. He finished the season on a really high note in his last start. I still feel like there's a lot of upside there with him, and I do like taking him. I haven't taken him in a single draft and hold because I've not been taking many pitchers at all in the spot, but I do like Montas. So yeah, Musgrove's ADP since um, since February first is one thirteen. So it's a little bit higher. Um, I think I got him in one league, and I took him around. I want to say pick one forty. So kind of one of those things. He just drops into your lap. You take him. You yeah, know? but. Um, yeah, I feel pretty good about Morton in Atlanta. Some of his ADP was, well, it would have been really early on, but I, I remember one of my drafts really early on. He went in like round 14, and it was when everybody was worried about him possibly retiring, you know? So mm-hmm. whoever got in, that was like an example of drafting really early. You know, sometimes they'll say drafting really early, it hurts you because guys get hurt or something happens, but. That was an instance where it helped because anybody who took Morton in those really, really early drafts, they stole him. I mean, he's he's going a lot higher than that now. So, Don't say that to the Yasiel Puig owners, though, or guys who took Puig early because they're still yeah. sitting there waiting. <laughs> There's yeah. a plus and a negative to that one. Yeah, it's kind of all over the board with it. but All right, there's – Two other arms I wanted to at least touch on real quick, and that's Julio Urias on this group. Last year, he got the chance to be the starter, and he didn't disappoint. He had a 3.27 ERA in 55 innings. But that said, he still has not thrown more than 119 innings in a single professional season. and That includes the minors, and that was in 2016. Steamer's projecting 133 innings. And Urias is a trendy player to a lot of people, but what are your thoughts on him specifically? Uh, man, I I really like watching him. I mm-hmm. think he's really good. 
I don't have much interest here because I just think that they're going to continue to baby him. And if they don't, and he can maintain over a full season, he'll be awesome. He should be. But I just I don't trust the innings, and I feel like that um, – man, I'm surprised it's 116. I feel like every draft I'm in, he goes higher than that. Yeah, I've seen him go in the seventh round in a draft I'm in, I think. I've seen him go in the sixth, I want to say. But, yeah, it's just every time he goes – I. I don't know i just don't trust the workload you know it's kind of one of those things i mean i do think he's really good but Man. yeah it's it's tough with him i i mean everybody he's like one of those guys you're not you know and like lazardo kind of the same way but you're not sneaking those guys past anyone you know it's like if you want them you have to be really aggressive and you kind of have to take you're gonna you're there's gonna be points in the season where you're taking your lumps with the innings because they just um, – I'd be really, really surprised if he threw a full workload of starts. You know, it just isn't going to happen. So, I'm at least pausing as I'm sitting here thinking over under five starts where he throws at least six innings. In my head, I'm pausing when I'm thinking oh. that. For Urias? Yeah. Oh, under. Yeah. and Yeah, yeah, he – Five starts where he throws six. Yeah, no. Six innings. And I would under that. Yeah. and <laughs> Not trying to be the pessimist in the room, but, you know, it's just. <laughs> I almost started with ten, but I'm like, no, that's an easy under. So I started oh, yeah. thinking about five, and I'm like, man, I, that's tough right there. And if you're not getting a guy who, to throw six innings at hardly at all, it's just hard to rack up statistics. He will have to be so dominant to get through six, I feel like most nights yep. where he's really pitch efficient yep. and just on his game. And don't get me wrong. He can do that. Like he's one of those guys that is capable of it, but yeah, that's, I just, I don't expect too much of it. Speaking of trendy guys, Lance McCullers is a guy that I hear a lot of people really liking. He had Tommy John surgery and missed 2019 and he came back and threw 55 innings in the shortened se- season. And I have to say I'm not much of a fan. He doesn't have a track record of going deep into games and accumulating innings, just like Urias. Any thoughts on him? No, I think McCull. well, not much, I should say. I, I think McCullers is kind of one of those guys that um, I like to buy low on and the minute that the market corrects, I'm done. I'm just out. <laughs> yeah. I I drafted him in the uh, RM3 startup. Yeah, we both took was, him when in he was, that startup that year. Yeah, when he was out for the year. And, um, you know, I felt like he could come back and boost his value, and that has happened. But, um, yeah, he just kind of – freaks me out to invest a little too much in him because I feel like he's up and down and not a picture of health and again, question the innings and stuff. I do think he's pretty good for the most part, but um, yeah, just another guy I'm passing. Uh, I'm not, I'm not drafting him here. What about Patrick Corbin? I do, you know, he was the, um, when we were talking at the 
very beginning of pitchers and we were talking about the top 15 from last year he was on that list i think he was around 45 overall and he slipped down here 100 picks is this another one of those guys that you might want to buy when he's down or is this, do you think that this guy's slipping because i'm worried about the slipping his velocity i think was 88 89 miles an hour a lot last year yes it's kind of scary. I mean, I think that the the natural uh, the natural reaction to something like this is to just forgive twenty twenty and mm-hmm. be like, you know, like if twenty twenty never happened, Corbin would probably be like a fourth round pick or something, you know, or whatever. I don't I don't know where he was drafted last year. I don't remember off the top of my head. Forty five yeah, overall. Forty five overall. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, um, yeah, just really ugly season and declining velocity and all those things. And it's just kind of one of those where I feel like it's slipping, like you said, more more likely to continue to go south unless something changes. I don't know. But, yeah, 90.1 mile per hour on his four-seamer yes. on average last year and dropped almost two miles an hour so. I think it's it's just one of those guys again. I just not really interested. I feel like I can find other guys. Um, I do think that it could be it could be a good pick if he you know he could bounce back. I mean, it wouldn't shock me that much. But again, another one that I'm probably like I I like Matas too, like you said, and he's going after him. And there's other guys I can find. I just feel like if Corbin's going to continue to go south, it's not like the train I want to be on really. And I feel like even if, even when these guys kind of prop back up a little bit, I don't think he's going to return like a ton of value might be a little bit, but just not a guy I'm looking at. He he's going to have to find some of that velocity back and get it back. And that's not typically how it works with pitchers. It occasionally happens, but not typically. All right, we got 10 more pitchers here, Andrew, and this closes out the pitchers through the top 200 um, in terms of ADP. And we got Marco Gonzalez at 166, pitcher number 46, Herman Marquez at 170, Tyler Maley at 175, Mike Soroka at 176, Dustin May at 178, David Price at 180, Aaron Savali, pitcher number 52 at 188. Tristan McKenzie at 189. Chris Bassett at 190. And Dallas Keuchel, pitcher number 55 at 196. Andrew, I know you're a fan of Maley here at this price, so I thought I'd let you start talking about that, and we'll go on. Um, I'm surprised you I'm surprised you mentioned him first. I, I don't feel like I'm crazy high on him, but... I guess I've heard you um, mention him a few times this offseason. I, I thought you really liked his ADP here at 175. I, I think it's fine. I mean, I some improvements with string, swinging strike rate went from 9.4% to 13.8%. Um, his in-zone contact rate dropped from 86% to 80.4%, which is all good. Um, I think he's... Shown to be pretty durable. Um, obviously, a fairly young guy. He's only 26, so maybe you can still um, 
squeeze a little more, you know, improvements and stuff like that. 11.3 Ks per nine last year. So really good. Uh, he'll be in the rotation. I like him. I don't feel like I'm overly high on him, but um, I feel like the, uh, I don't know if I'd say that the, the community as a whole is kind of still underrates him a little bit. So I did buy him in dynasty league this off season. Um, I think in redraft, I've only got one share. So I don't feel like I'm crazy high on him, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind it either. Okay. So maybe not quite as strong as I was originally thinking there. Um, Dustin may is now looking like he's stuck in limbo with the Dodgers again. He'd be a two or three on a lot of teams and he can't even crack into the Dodgers rotation right now. His ADP is dropping. How far does he have to drop for you to become interested? It's funny you ask that because I drafted him tonight. Oh, really? Okay, so you're in your draft yeah. champions league, correct? Yep. I drafted him in the middle of round 19. Wow. It's fallen that far, huh? So, gosh, what pick was that? 280, um, 290 or so, right? Oh, I don't know. That would be around 20, so about 270-ish. I want to say 15 times 18. Sorry, this is bad podcasting, but um, yeah, it was something like that. Uh, full 100 picks after this. Two, yeah, like 280 right around there, I want to say. Is that right? Wait, maybe not. That's all right. It go, doesn't matter. Go on. Yeah, I, it, I'll, do, I'll, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it was it was late, though. I I mean, he was sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. I want Yeah, actually, it was, it was around 100 picks after his. His, um, well, his ADP, which his ADP is obviously slipping. I mean, I get it. Like they have all the options in the world and all that stuff, but, um, talented pitcher. I mean, I, I actually took price in that league too. So it was one of those things where, hmm. you know, feel like if I can get, I think they're my five and six. Yeah. Cause I went, um, Castillo, Gray, Plesak, Marquez, and then price in May. And I, I feel like between Price and May, if I can get one of them to hit, that's good. You know, I'm good with that. If one so. of them's pitching at, at the at basically, if one of them's in the rotation throughout right. the year, you're doing well. Right. Yeah. That's all I really need. I mean, uh, part of the reason I did it. So, yeah, it was the yeah middle. Of, it was 277 was where I took them. I want to ask a philosophical question concerning Dodgers prospects. This has been on my mind for about a week or two now. Really, ever since this Bauer trade happened, just thinking about um, Dustin May and then thinking about Gavin Lux. You know, Tampa has been an organization that annoys dynasty owners because they move prospects through their system slow, real slow. But now the Dodgers, who just have a glut of talent at the majors and minors, are starting to bottleneck these prospects on the rise. Gavin Lux has been, it seemed like he's been ready for, what, 12, 13 years? Okay, exaggerating, maybe two years now. And then we got all these pitchers who just can't even crack into the rotation. I I think I heard Matt Thompson say this on a Prospects Live podcast this week. If you're not a six- uh, I, I'm assuming he meant like a 60-grade player. 
You're just not going to make that team and get regular at-bats. Should we start giving this, giving a little more caution with Dodgers prospects? They're good at acquiring talent, but it's just hard for them to get in there and get a shot. And if they're not performing at a high level, they could end up stuck as a part-time player. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I haven't given it a ton of thought. I feel like the... Um... Like guys like Lux, I'm not. I don't feel really any different about him. I I still feel like he's going to be fine. Still going to play. There's going to be room for him. I mean, if we're talking about a mediocre prospect, and maybe, but I'm never. I'm not really high on them, anyways. So the other thing is too, though, is if you do crack the lineup or you get in there, it's so valuable. Yes. It's just so kind of goes both ways you know but um i definitely see the thought behind it yeah it does go both ways and i've loved dodger prospects because they seem to be they they just they seem to find a way to get good talent so i trust the system but i'm i'd be so frustrated i don't own dustin may anywhere in dynasty leagues i don't own gavin lux anywhere i did have a josiah gray share and i moved him and Geez, he might not crack the rotation until 2028 at this at this rate. They just they have so much talent, and it seems like I do this every episode where I go and talk about the Dodgers and how much ridiculous talent they have. I just it's I would be frustrated if I was Dustin May or Tony Gonsolin or Josiah Gray. It just seems like it's Trevor Bauer's next. He's there, so now yeah. it's just another guy that's in in between them and playing. Yeah, I think Lux is different than a lot of those guys, but I know what you're saying. I mean, overall, I if it's somebody that's not uh, quite as highly of a rated prospect, then it's going to be tough to crack the lineup. DJ Peters, I've been seeing, I've seen him on prospect lists for years, always in like yeah. the 100s, 200s. That guy ain't ever getting a shot in the Dodgers, right? right. He's just never yeah. going to get a shot until yeah. the, they end up moving him because he's they have to put him on their um, 40 man. All right, moving on Tristan McKenzie in 2017, he was in high a and he threw 143 innings and that was his pop-up year as a prospect. He moved into top, a lot of top hundred lists. Then in 2018, he threw 90 innings and missed time with injuries. Uh, moving on to 2019, he didn't throw a single pitch due to back issues. Then last year, I remember hearing that he was playing in the alternate site and was pitching in spring training, and he made it to the majors and was really good in 33 innings, pitching to a 3.24 ERA and over 11 strikeouts per nine. And now he's a top 200 player. So I want to mention that I personally want no part of McKenzie here. I can't imagine him getting more than 120 to 125 innings and there could be a lot of four or five inning starts where he's piggybacked with another arm just because he's his body is not built, I don't think, to hold up. He's just he's so th- razor thin. And if he's piggybacked, he's not going to be that valuable in fantasy leagues. I'm just not confident in him holding up when on adding in his injury history. And on top of that, I keep hear I kept hearing last year that his velocity re- readings were different in quite a few starts. There was that big breakout game when he just came up. I think he had went six innings with ten strikeouts, 
And he was touching 96, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, Tristan McKenzie was back. Is back. And then a few starts later, he was back in the mid mid or low 90s. Um, 90, 91, 92, if I recall right. I can't help but wonder if this guy just can't hold up. Yeah, I I pretty much agree with everything you said. I don't think he's... I, I mean, I don't even think, I think even 120, 125 innings is pushing it. I don't think, I'd, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he got to that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't think he's even going to get to that. Um, and yeah, the, the uh, velocity was kind of declining through his starts last season from his first start, like you mentioned. So just, just a guy that, you know, he's, he's being drafted pretty aggressively off of a couple of starts right at the beginning, um, notably the first one, I feel like. And, um, yeah, I mean, just good luck getting this guy through a full season unscathed. It, I'd be very, very surprised. So I don't want anything to do with him at this price. I feel like he's a dynasty sell right now. You know, he had no value at this point a year ago. He was just one of those guys you had to hold on to, or I bet he was cutting a lot of dynasty leagues. He was off of top 300, top 400 lists almost altogether on some lists in terms of prospects. But, um, you know, I moved him in our Roto Masters 2 league this offseason. I moved him to our good buddies Ben and Ryan for Jonathan VR. I, I needed speed and decided to take that chance. And there were a lot of people that did not like that trade for me. I took it to Twitter when I made the deal and most of them preferred the other side and it didn't work out for me or it doesn't look like it's going to work out for me because VR right now looks like he might be a part-time it's too, player. It's too early to say yeah, that. We don't know. It's not like, I think VR's value has gone down since then. I'll say that. It could be completely different whenever we get into the season, but it just, I still don't like, I don't regret moving him because I just have worries about that guy holding up. And if he does, he's, he's got the potential to be a a great pitcher because he's got good stuff and he's in a good system. I just don't feel confident about him holding up. Yep. I'm with you pretty much the whole way. I, I, Agree with pretty much everything you said. But there's somebody in every league who seems to like him. That's why his ADP is up here. And, yeah, I think he's one to put out there. Yeah, really in just about any situation. If you're not competing, I don't know if he's going to be there for you in a couple years pitching at a high level. And if you're competing, you're not going to get a lot of innings. To where I think no matter what situation you're in in your dynasty league, if you've got him, move him. Or at least put him, I should say put him out there. The innings is the really big thing. I mean, you just can't – I mean, this guy – like, you just can't trust him to be a workhorse at all. Like, it, that's just a pipe dream at this point right now, you know? So, per inning, do I expect him to be pretty good? Yeah. But, I mean, if you told me you were getting 90 innings out of the guy in 2021, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. So, Somebody- I just feel like you really have to temper the expectations with the innings – you're probably using him anytime that he's pitching. But yeah, I just I I just can't I can't project that many innings out of him. Somebody needs to go get that guy a baconator from Wendy's. He needs to get a <laughs> few of those. <laughs> yeah, that that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Jared LaRiviere asked for an outlook on Chris Bassett in the Oakland rotation. 
I remember, Andrew, you and I both had Dynasty shares two years ago, if I recall. I know I did, and you and I were talking about them. I want to say it was a Dynasty league you had him when he broke out. Um, going into last year, he looked like he might be the sixth man in the rotation until injuries hit Oakland, and he performed. He had a 2.29 ERA. An XFIP was much worse at 4.49, but he is in a pitcher's park and had a pretty good has a pretty good defense behind him. Steamer projects... 166 innings, a 7.97 K per nine, and a 4.37 ERA. I haven't done an over-under best of three yet, so it's time for one. What what do you say, over-under best of three here? Um, 166 innings, huh? I'll say over on the innings. And of course, by with little, the ERA, that's better bit. or worse. I would project better than a four three seven mm-hmm. for Bassett. So I guess I'm taking the. Does that count as an over? Yep, I don't know. That's an it's o- always. <laughs> it's yeah, over. Yeah, it's like a. Yeah, I would take over. I like Bassett better than these numbers. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, I, I think he's. Uh, I mean, he's nothing crazy exciting, but like he's going to be in the rotation. And he's been pretty good for the most part. So, you know, better than kind of people expected. I, I do feel like he got a little bit lucky last year. But um, overall, solid pitcher. Not one. I don't have any shares of him yet. But um, I don't hate the price tag, really. I I feel like it's fine. Good team. Good park. Um, good defense. And locked into Locked into what you would expect to be innings. I mean, as long as he can hold up, which he has for the last couple of years for the most part. So, Actually, I say good defense. I forget Marcus Simeon's gone there. I'm trying to remember who their shortstop is now. I'm blanking. They, oh, they signed Simmons, didn't they? No, Simmons went to the Twins. Oh, shoot. Got it mixed up. I can't remember right off the bat. And Andrews. Oh, Elvis Andrews to be their shortstop. It was taking me. It was like on the tip of my tongue. I was like, <laughs> yeah, Andrews. All right. Well, that's where we're going to wrap up for this episode. Andrew and I, we've touched on the top 55. And here in a couple of days, we're going to finish up and talk about the rest of the guys afterwards. But we got a lot there done, Andrew. Yep. Plowing through it. We'll, uh, Hopefully we'll be done by the start of the season. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. We got one episode got... on pitchers, starting pitchers to do. We got the closers. We we got our favorite position catchers to do and utility yep. guys, which we'll probably work in with closers or cat catchers, one of the two. So we're getting close. Yep. A couple more weeks probably. So Yeah. So you got your NFBC draft champions going on, and I got an auction, and I'm actually thinking about trying to get some guys from our auction league on and do an episode talking that because I've been wanting to talk auction, do an episode on that for a while, and you don't really play in any auction leagues, so I thought it'd be good to just get them on an interview. We'll see if I can pull that off. Hopefully I can. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. But anything else going on this week? Nope. Finishing up... uh last sub draft and just doing this draft champions tgfbi starts monday so i'll be busy there you go which this will have been out on tuesday so that means it it, it oh, will have started yeah, yesterday 
<laughs> yeah, it started started yesterday. Started yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, ninth pick, so we'll see how that goes. So when I post this, it will be March second. That means so people listening, it's March beginning of March, which means we are less than one month from opening day. Andrew, it's coming. Yep. It's, it's coming. coming. Wow. Can't wait. Yes. Gosh, it's going to be such a good day. Yes, it is. Everybody plays. It's going to be great. So, yeah. all right, we'll be back here soon. We'll get you some pitcher, more pitcher talk coming up soon. Until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. Once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 